The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by Alumni Ventures. Invest with confidence. Discover the power of venture investing with Alumni Ventures, America's largest venture firm for individual investors. Learn more at av.vc. LinkedIn presents. Hey, so is it only me or do you feel like your work and life are pretty strongly affected by seasonal changes? Sometimes in a good way that lets you go deep and get focused, creative and productive. But sometimes it's also the exact opposite. Everything kind of slows down and feels like a heavier lift. Well, what if instead of fighting these natural and biological rhythms, we learn to roll with and maybe even harness them instead? Have you ever wondered why periods of reduced productivity, they feel so frustrating? You know in your gut that ebbs and flows, they're normal, and yet we still feel we just should be doing better. Well, that's where we're heading in today's Spark Hot Take with Brain Trust member, strategic advisor, executive coach, founder of the Productive Flourishing Consultancy, and author of the critically acclaimed Start Finishing, Charlie Gilkey. And Charlie's forthcoming book, by the way, Team Habits, is set to be published in August 2023. Cannot wait for that to be available to everybody. In this episode, Charlie joins me to discuss how embracing seasons of less can uncover unexpected openings. When motivation wanes and energy flags, we learn that fighting often backfires, but it doesn't necessarily have to. Instead, we dive into yielding to our inner rhythms, reassessing priorities, and pacing ourselves with grace during these moments. And Charlie talks about how everything that takes significant time and attention, work projects, yes, but also life projects like caring for others, impacts us and our productivity along with seasonality. Yet we tend to count only work. And we talk about how this all integrates into our ability to move through seasons with more grace. So grab a pen as we share insights, tips, and strategies Take a deep breath and get ready to pursue your goals in harmony with the seasons. The antidote to your seasonal slump, it lies within adjusting, not grinding your way through. I'm Jonathan Fields, and this is Spark. Hi, I'm Jonathan Fields. Tune into my podcast for conversations about the sweet spot between work, meaning, and joy. And also listen to other people's questions about how to get the most out of that thing we call work. Check out Spart wherever you enjoy podcasts. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by HubSpot. More to-dos, less time, and so many tools to keep track of. Doing business can be hard, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You just need HubSpot. Their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, higher quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. Charlie Gilkey, as always, great to be in conversation with you. And this is one of our Spark Hot Take episodes where we pick one particular topic that is being experienced by a whole lot of people, um, and we dive into it and offer some insights, hopefully, and some ideas and some strategies and tactics that may help. 
And we've got a pretty interesting one right now. So there's a bit of a seasonal aspect that most of us tend to go through. And, you know, depending on where you live in the world, sometimes the 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 outdoor environment reflects the seasons. You can tell what it is, where you are. I happen to be in Colorado, so I know when it's summer. I know when we have the beautiful turning of the leaves in the fall. I know when we're piled up with snow in the winter. And there are a lot of external signals about how I'm going to change my behavior. But then there are also, there are the ways that the seasons and being in different parts of seasons affect us individually and also affect us in a work context and ways that we pay a lot less attention to. And probably because of that, have a lot less tolerance for and strategies to navigate. And one of those patterns is the sort of the mid-season lull. So we're going to dive into that and explore what it is, how it tends to show up in people's lives, and maybe some things to think about and do about it. So I'm going to turn it over to you, Charlie, a little bit to tee this up. Yeah, I appreciate that. And there are several things here um, that I'm going to put, and this is, let's call it a um, productivity primer. Jonathan, I think we share a lot of, of, of shared assumptions here, but our readers might not know where we're coming from from this. So one of those first primers is that despite our way of thinking about it, we human creatures are actually living, breathing beings, and we don't have steady energy throughout the year. We are very much affected by our environment in the ways that you mentioned. Sunlight, temperature, what's going on outside has a pretty heavy emotional effect on what we do and how we show up. And that is really, really discounted by a lot of people. Or it's noticed but tried to be overridden, right? It's like, I know like it's dark outside, but I can still be excited and do all that kind of on that. Well, it turns out you can, but that takes additional energy methods and so on and so forth. So that's the first thing I'm going to put down. And the second thing is, Jonathan, you and I have talked about this before. When I first started my work, especially in doing your best work and productivity foundations, a lot of people would come to me and they're like, hey, I'm trying to like, I've got this problem. I want to be more productive, but I've got all these family obligations and I've got kids and I've got, you know, I'm a caretaker and I can't be productive and do that stuff at the same time. And I've always said, no, 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 no. I think you're misunderstanding what we're talking about in this conversation. Being a good parent, being a good caretaker, being a good partner is part of what it means to be productive and to thrive. These are not different kinds of things. These are things that are just drawing upon your limited time, energy, and attention. Okay, So I want to set that up because what happens a lot of times with these seasonal shifts. So as we're recording, we're in sort of early summer in the United States. So Jonathan mentioned Colorado. I'm in Portland, Oregon. Trust me, we, are, we know when it's summertime here, right? And what happens in so often in these seasonal shifts is actually the projects that we do change. Right. And so in my world, anything that takes time, energy and attention is a project. And unfortunately, so many people only count economic or work stuff as projects. They don't count the life stuff as projects. And, you know, we have a limited capability. I think it's sometime in our podcast or sometime in some of these conversations, we talked about the five project rule. It's no more than five active projects per time horizon. So if you're thinking about just this season of this quarter of the summer, right, five major active projects you're doing and traveling is one of them. If you travel in the summer, that's one of your projects. Kids being underfoot, transitioning from kids in school to kids being at home and all the activities, that's a project. And so people will come to me in the summer and they're like, I'm just not being productive. 
And I'm like, what's going on? It's like, well, you know, I got these work projects, but then I got kids and I got family and I got traffic and I got all this other stuff. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Let's, let's expand your horizon and really get clear about what's going on here. So the mid season lull happens. Well, as we're recording this, what I'm sensing in my audience is a lot of seasonal, like what I call liminal anxiety, right? We know that there's a shift about to happen, but we're not in the groove of the season yet. So there's a mixture of excitement because of the new season, but there's also, what am I going to do about all this work stuff? Like, I know I can't do that and do this at the same time. So I'm going to start there. I know I've talked for a little bit, Jonathan. What's coming up for you before we go on? Yeah, I mean, I think acknowledging the fact that seasons affect us is one big thing. And also the reminder, and I know longtime listeners will have heard you share sort of like the five project rule and your approach to projects. But I think it's a good time to to remind ourselves of that. And also the notion that the project is not just a thing that, you know, is part of your J-O-B, like your work or something you get paid for. It's literally anything that takes a significant and sustained amount of energy for you over like a certain period of time. And we tend to discount that. I feel like you've been dealing with sort of like this framework, this model of productivity and getting the right things done for a long time. My sense from the outside looking in is that we may be better at estimating the true bandwidth of any given project when it's in a definable work context than we are at doing the same when it's actually more of like a lifestyle or a personal or a relational thing, which is part of the reason we tend to get stuff so wrong and find out we're just running around all day, every day, checking things off a list, yet the checklist keeps growing every day because we're just, we're horrible at assessing what things will actually take, especially in a sort of a quote, non-work context. Yeah, um, that's absolutely true. And so, you know, I will often share with people, they're like, you know, I'm, I was in a car accident or I've got a new diagnosis or, you know, some stuff, stuff like that happens. And I'm like, well, that's a project. And it's a bit of a mind shift for them because it's like, wait a second. It's like, I don't understand how that is. And I'm like, well, you can either look at it this, two different ways. You can count it as a project because it's going to take time, energy, and attention. You're going to change your schedule. You're going to have to go to appointments. You're going to have to, like, your capacity is decreased. Or you can just discount the number of projects that you can do. <laughs> Either way, you get to the same point where it takes a significant amount of time, energy, and attention. I'm going to pause here because why I'm so big about that is it makes space for the kinkeepers and caretakers and partners and parents And the work, the significant work that they do to keep all of that going, right? And oftentimes, you know, they're the worst at acknowledging that of their waking hours, 80% is not economic work, right? Their 80% may just be keeping kids fed and, you know, parents in, you know, activities and keeping the yard cut, like whatever it is, that's all stuff, that's all things that you got to do. Um, and so summer, as we transition into Northern Hemisphere to summer, introduces a lot of those types of things. Even just needing to do two to four hours of yard work a week, if that's the thing that you're into. Well, that displaces other things you might have done. That book reading that you might do in the winter gets eaten up by grass cutting. Okay, that's not a big problem unless it's out of alignment with your priorities, right? Unless you're really seeing that there's a different way you want to be in the world than your current activities are supporting. That's when you got to make a shift. But if it's just one of those things where it's like, you know what, in the summertime, 
keeping my yard clean and being outside and cutting grass and having something to do with my body and hands, like I've been waiting all winter for this, it's not a problem. It's not that you're less productive, it's you're differently productive. And there's a season for the other parts. And so that's when you take the broader view, it lets us sort of sink into the fact that this is the season for whatever your summer looks like, right? For me, Angela and I do a lot of riding on our motorcycle. So we know there's significant amounts of our weekend that are going to be spent on the back of our motorcycle throughout the Pacific Northwest. That's going to displace other things. Our house is not going to be excellent, right? I might do less reading, right? Um, I might disappear from some social activities for a while. Not a problem because I know that on the flip side, when it gets rainy here, I'm going to have plenty of time for that, right? And that's when I'll do it. So when you think about the lull and you think about some of the tensions that come up with, think about, is it really that things have slowed down and you're going into that pocket? Or is it just that, again, you're differently productive or you're doing different things that matter to you that are appropriate to the season? Yeah, I mean, that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, and, and for our friends listening in, in the Southern Hemisphere, by the way, who you know sliding into winter, there's a similar lull. It's just, it, but it's different. You know, I know when I, I'm, I'm more, and it's funny because it's very personal also, you know, like you go into more of a hibernation mode in the summer, I go into more of a hibernation mode in the winter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. So part of it is also, I think, acknowledging that we have, we do have seasonal patterns and that part of it is just about the way that we choose to live our lives. Part of it is about the way that we interact with our built and natural environments. And part of it is also very individual. And just because everybody else is moving into a certain mode doesn't mean that that's actually the mode that you need to or should be in. So sometimes it's a matter of listening to ourselves. And rather than fighting it, kicking and screaming, saying, you know, I've actually kind of noticed this happening year over year over year. And every year I've been fighting it and it just leads to actually frustration and futility. And what if I just yielded to it this time and saw what happened? Exactly. One of my favorite lines from the Tao Te Ching is that that goes against its nature cannot long endure, right? If your nature is to have a summer lull or to want to get outside and do a lot of those types of things, if you fight that every summer, right? First off, you know, there's this weird thing. I think about this because of my feeling about summers, especially in the in the Pacific Northwest, years of time feel really fungible and emotion and, and sort of amorphous. Seasons, though, are a lot different. Like when you think about, so I'm 43. It's like, I have another 40 summers, right? Ish. How am I going to use those summers? Right? Um, if winter is your thing, right? It's you only have that many more, whatever, pick your favorite holiday. You only have that many more. And if we're thinking about it from a social context, Like if you're a parent, Jonathan, I know this may resonate with you given where Jessie is. Those summer trips for now with where Jessie is in her life become incredibly precious because you don't have as many of them as you used to, right? Um, If you have parents who are aging, you don't have as many Christmases. You don't have as many family trips and things like that. So it's really helpful instead of thinking about broad circular years that get away from you to think about this is one of those discrete periods of time. Where certain activities, especially certain activities with other people, are especially momentous and important. How are you going to spend those and how are you going to best get that in? As much as I'm a person who wants people to be essentialist-minded, not sparkotype essentialist, but productivity essentialist, like do the, the core of what you've got to do, 
there's an essentialist season for all of us. And there's a maximalist season for all of us. And when you're in the maximalist season, I'm going to say the same thing. Don't fight that. Right? Um, Because balance of energies and and attention isn't sort of like the same in every time slice. You have to look at the broader pattern. And over a year, you might be relatively balanced if you have three months of really intense pushing, because that's just the mode that you're in, and three months of lull. In the broad view, you're probably okay. It's just when you are in a period which leads to burnout to where it's been, and we talked a little bit about this last time when we talked about the deep fatigue that, that many people are facing. It's when you stay into one of those seasons for too long that you really have a problem. So if you are in a lull and you're starting to languish because you've been in there too long, then that requires a different perspective. That requires a different approach. Just like if you're veering towards burnout, that means you've been over pushing for too long, right? Um, but if you're sliding into the middle of a season and this happens to you every year, here's what I tell most people. I don't think you have the problem you think. I think you have an expectations problem. Mm. You don't have an actual schedule or project problem. You just expect yourself to be uniformly focused or productive across the year. And that just violates what we know it means to be human. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. And there's a certain amount of forgiveness built into that, which I like also. And also, you know, part of the invitation that I hear you sharing is if you're in the middle of a season and you just kind of feel like there's there's a lull, you're losing momentum, you're losing motivation, you're losing steam. There's just like, you started out really good. Hey, we're heading into summer, we're heading into fall. Like the kids are back at school. I'm going to just immerse myself in this new project or this new like work or this new endeavor. And and then, you know, we're sort of like halfway through that season and we're kind of like, hmm, um, what happened? Uh, because I'm, I don't feel the same. The, the initial tendency tends to be to A, either judge uh, and basically say, like, just buckle up um, or grind through it, push through and say, like, like, I just need to, you know, like, get through this moment. And maybe there are times where that's actually appropriate. Um, but before you actually just make that your default behavior, your default mode, kind of zoom the lens out and ask a question, what's really going on here? Like, and is this a repeating regular pattern? And, and, and am I in one of those moments where psychologically, emotionally, energetically, circumstances are just such that it kind of may make sense to adjust my expectations about what I'm doing in this particular moment in time and what I'm accomplishing and also broaden the metrics to include what I'm doing and accomplishing or not beyond this one heads down project that I thought I was focusing on and was going to be the centerpiece of this season. Yeah, I love that. Uh, you know, I say very few absolutes because we're all different, right? But one of those things I feel fairly absolutist about is humans are teleological creatures, which means we're goal-oriented creatures, right? And while your middles are so hard, whether you're talking about a project or whether you talk about a season, is we lose those goals and milestones, and we don't recalibrate. This is why, you know, I stress so much of routine planning and calibration and reviewing, right? Because you get into the, like, what happens June the 20th in the United States? There's not really, like, there's nothing there. There's no there there, right? We kind of know in the States the 4th of July, but June 20th is just a weird no, no person's land of time. Well, 
time is a convention that we use for different things, right? And so if you're in a lull, the, my also the other invitation is actually to take a step back and say, where, where did I start? Where was I trying to go? And where am I now? And even if it's something where you have a more qualitative thing where this is, imagine this was the last summer that you had with your high school student before they went off to college, where you started was them as a graduating senior. And that has a certain feel to it, right? That's the end of a, of a certain thing. Come midsummer, they're in this quasi zone between maybe independence if they're going to college, right? Or maybe just wanting to be a kid for as long as they can before they move on. Well, that's useful because it helps you frame what you might do over the next three to six weeks, right? How can you really lean into where the family unit is wanting to be? If you're stuck in a project, um, what we often discount when we start looking about the different ways that each the seasonal affects us, but still in the summer, there are a lot of vacations. There's a lot of time off and things like that. You lose a lot of your collaborators randomly, it seems. And so your project can get stuck, not because you've done anything wrong, but just because your project goes from everybody being on the bus going the same direction to you go a little bit, someone gets off, someone else might get on. You go a little bit and there's a, there's a seat change. You go a little bit further, there's a seat change. It's hard to actually get anywhere when the bus is always stopping and letting people on and off and figuring out where you're going. Again, most of my work and what I call like flourishing foundations is starting with at least the invitation that maybe if your work is not going the way that you want it, or your time is not going your schedule, maybe we start with the fact that it doesn't mean that you're broken. It doesn't mean that you've done anything wrong. It doesn't mean that there's something wrong with your character. There might be things outside of just what you're doing that's affecting that, that might give some peace of mind and have you approach those challenges and expectations differently than just assuming either you're uniquely defective and this is always going to like be on the can't get right bus. Or if you just work harder, if you just push a little bit more brother, right? That you can fix whatever problem that is. Cause maybe there's not a problem to be fixed and it's just a flow of time um, that you're running in. Yeah. Um, that resonates a lot with me. There's a lot of conversation that I hear around, like, when do you hold? When do you fold? Like, when when do you push hard? Um, and then when do you quit? There's not a lot of conversation about, like, the middle, um, where it's like, you're, it actually doesn't make sense to quit. You're, you're still invested. You're in it. Um, but it also doesn't make sense to grind. And it makes sense to sort of, like, breathe into the moment. Um, yeah. And, and reassess and just acknowledge, you know, like what's happening internally and externally that might make you shift gears through that particular um, moment in time, knowing that you're still fully committed to something that you said yes to, but it's not going to be this sort of like absolute straight line measured in, you know, like in similar units over a similar amount of time. It's going to ebb and flow a lot more and to just create space for that along the way without feeling like there's only two modes, but you actually have a middle gear that you can drop into and that it's actually a valid gear to use. Yeah. The two modes implicitly and unconsciously put you in the center of the universe when you think about it, right? It comes from this very masters of the universe way of thinking about 
the world. Like there are people that just by their force of will create something. And if it's not working, they should go and create something else. Turns out a few things. You're not the center of the universe. Another thing, you're an organic being that flows in, in space and time differently throughout the year. And the third thing that we really don't like is, um, and trust me, I, with the work I do, people hate when I say this, is some projects just take the amount of time that they take. And there's not a damn thing you can do about it, right? Um, except for stay committed to it and stay in it appropriately to the momentum of it. And sometimes that means you're going to need to pick up pace a little bit. Sometimes that means you're going to have to go be human while something resolves itself. And there's no one right answer for that. And um, if there were, then, you know, I would put it in a bottle and write a book about it. But the real answer here is um, if you can wake up each day and really think about, again, where you are, where you're trying to go, and how you're going to balance the different priorities you have today in a way that respects all the people involved, including yourself and your needs. That's the best that you can do. And that's the lifelong game. Yeah, I love that. And that sounds like also a perfect place for us to wrap up today. Charlie, as always, thank you for hanging out. It's a pleasure. I hope all of our listeners got some value in that. If you are experiencing some sort of seasonal yourself, um, breathe a little bit and, um, and give yourself a little bit of grace and know that it's actually all okay. And we will see you all here again next week on Spark. Take care. Thanks for having me. Hey, so I hope you enjoyed that conversation, learned a little something about your own quest to come alive and work in life, and maybe feel a little bit less alone along this journey to find and do what sparks you. And if you'd love to share your own moment and question with us, we would love to hear from you. Just go ahead and click on the submissions link in the show notes to get the details on how to do that. And remember, if you're at a moment of exploration, looking to find and do or even create work that makes you come more fully alive, that brings more meaning and purpose and joy into your life. Take the time to discover your own personal Sparkotype for free at Sparkotype.com. It'll open your eyes to a deeper understanding of yourself and open the door to possibility like never before. And hey, if you're finding value in these conversations, please just take an extra second right now to follow and rate Sparked in your favorite podcast app. This is so helpful in helping others find the show and growing our community so that we can all come alive and work in life together. Until next time, I'm Jonathan Fields, and this is Sparked.